You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 447th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. Hard to believe we're this far in. I am Matt, the little guy in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer over in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Uh, Tim is on a delayed flight this evening. Mm -hmm. Delayed flight uh, out from some reconnaissance he was doing for the pod, I think... uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have the full report next week, but, uh, he does send his, uh, his apologies, uh, for not being able to make it, uh, or call in from 35,000 feet. Well, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves, Spencer, because we will be taking next weekend off. Don't, don't sell the people down the road. We're <laughs> taking next weekend off because I will be traveling and Tim will be traveling. Uh, That's so- right. Uh, don't expect us to fill you in next week. (laughs) I guess I meant next podcast. Yes. Yes. I didn't want to to forget too, because that was on my agenda of things to say. So we'll start it off by saying um, no pod next week. We've got a a lot of apologies. Yeah. Yeah. No pod next week as the travel to Glasgow uh, Mm -hmm. is kicking off um, for you guys. Um, But this week, this week. Little guy, we 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 did not call it off because we've got a lot on the agenda. Um, there's a ton to talk about with the Tour de Femmes uh, going on. Um, a lot of racing, a lot of drama, a lot of excitement. It is maybe the best race of the year. I'm going to get out ahead of that and just say so. Um, good. You've got some topics that you wanted to bring up. Uh <laughs> I know we've got a ton of emails, uh, which are my favorite part of the show. So I definitely want to get deep into the mailbag, uh, this episode. Um, where, where should we start little guy? What are you, what are you thinking? Well, uh, we should probably start tour fans. That's been the big race. Well, there's been a little men's racing starting to happen again. Uh, sure. Yeah. The women's has been the big news of the last week. I will freely admit I have not watched any live. I've seen highlights. I've looked at results. Mm-hmm. And it's every year I'll say this. I wish it wasn't right after the tour because I'm tired of watching bike racing. And then I see, I read about it later or something, or I see a little bit. I'm like, that looks great and amazing. And I, I yeah. feel bad for not being as invested as I want to be. I should almost like bank it for December or something. It looks great, yeah. but um, yes, it was a great race from what I've read, though I will say I didn't watch it. Last. It's It has been a great race. Um, I've seen mostly highlights as well, um, but I am, uh, like you, uh, a, a little sad that I didn't catch some of these um, live because there's been, it's been packed with drama. It's been packed with excitement. It's been packed with great stage racing, breakaways making it to the line. Um, they did their... Uh, queen stage and the tourmalet like it just epic epic stages um we've had a lot of uh disqualifications yeah a lot of excitement around the rules yeah. uh i could say there's been some fun challenging calls made yes. by race officials there's been some correct calls for sure there's been some incorrect calls and there's been some, <laughs> you be the judge kind of calls. Uh-huh. Uh, so I think that's going to be some pretty fun stuff to talk about. I mean, you can look up the results and see who won stages and whatnot, but I think, I think by now, most of our listeners know they're not coming here for race results and accurate information. They're coming for, you know, the actual good stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the only time I can think about 
in a, in a men's race, the the penalties being handed down for holding on to a car yeah. is famously Vincenzo Nabali. Yes. Uh, when he bridged a massive, massive gap yeah, <laughs> hanging yeah. on to that Astana car. Yeah. Uh, we had two of those incidents <laughs> in this race. Yeah. Uh, one um, uh, with Lotto Quickstep uh, having a rider and a DS uh, surveys Canaveran uh, DQ'd from the race, like booted yeah. for holding onto the car. And then we had SD works. We had Demi Voller and get a flat and chasing back onto the pack. She was drafting her team car yep. who drove pretty aggressively through the caravan. Yes. <laughs> it must be said to deliver her like half on the road, half off the road, like a little chaotic uh, to deliver her up to the pack, uh, she received a 20-second penalty. And uh, the DM, um, Danny Stram, I believe, was booted uh, from the race completely after arguing uh, with the commissaires, I would say, <laughs> is the uh, is the nice way to put it. Yeah. Okay, what do you think? Do these... Uh, do these arbitrations uh, seem fair? Do they seem balanced? Does it uh, seem uh, like they're cracking down on it in general? Is this just the women's race? Are they trying to make a point? What's going on? Yeah, I wasn't sure. It does feel like they're being stricter in the women's field than traditionally in the men's. You know, they've been more right. Like you said, Nibali got kicked out that year in the Volta and he was a credible GTC threat at that point yeah. still in his career. Yeah. I think he, you know, he could have been there. So it was a kind of a big deal for the Volta to boot him. I, you know, I don't know. I was kind of thinking if like, maybe they're like, you know, as women's cycling is getting bigger, UCI was like, we're going to be super strict and lay down the rules because yeah. I feel like in men's cycling, every time someone does get booted for this, then you get a bunch of guys being like, what are you talking about? We always do this. This yeah. time it just got caught on TV. And maybe they're trying to make a point in the women's field, especially to the directors, which is like, no, we're actually going to not do this. <laughs> and So you're thinking UCI commissaires have a chance to get out in front of something before it gets too out of control. And yeah, they're trying before, to exert that. Yeah, before it becomes just part of the reason, because on the men's side, it does feel like it's only when it's on TV, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for because sure. Because when, yeah, when guys do get kicked out, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I've done that in every race I've ever <laughs> been in. And this one time the camera looks at me while I'm doing it. And now I'm out yeah. of the race. So, like, yeah, maybe making, uh, like, hey, we're just not going to do that anymore. And I don't All right. Know. Or are the are the are the women's racers gaining experience now with this? Are they going to in their next race know where the camera motorbikes are? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're going to be more aware of this this bigger production value race uh, that that as women's racing grows, they need to also grow and be more sneaky when they're uh, bending the rules like like the men do. Yeah, I guess I didn't. Maybe I missed it, but I didn't see. <laughs> like when it, when when folks were getting in trouble, I didn't I didn't I didn't hear like many women's racers quotes of being like, "Oh, we always do all these things, and we're just getting busted because there's more coverage now." Um, uh, there. I mean, there were like, some. Maybe there were bit. some quotes on both sides. I will say. Uh, uh, I know uh, a few of. Uh, maybe it doesn't carry as much weight but a few uh teammates of uh demi volering were kind of blasting the the decision a lot of Quebecy did speak out quite a bit uh she was give kind of an, an impassioned uh speech she had some quotes i saw in, in velo uh that was um uh she called it bs <laughs> um she said if you're dropped it's normal uh, that uh, people bring you back um, when you have equipment breakdowns, things like that. It happens all the time. It's just stupid that she now loses 20 seconds. I think uh, Danny Stam said something probably similar and maybe more aggressively to the commissaires. 
Um, uh, got himself booted. Um, so they're down a, a DS for the rest of the race. Um, but you know, you've got, uh, uh, enemy Van Vluten there, uh, being the other DS. So I think they're in good hands and, uh, yeah, it didn't, it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't affect them in the end. Demi Vollering won the GC. Capecchi yeah, no, so, <laughs> it was fine. Uh, with plenty of time. Uh, but, um, I guess, I guess I'd, you know, for me, I said this in the past, I think I would like, like the, the car, getting paced back by the car thing just feels stupid in any yeah. of this. Like you get a, I would like to be, I know this won't work for SRAM sponsored teams in women's or the men's because you'll have so many mechanicals. You'll never be able to get back to the race. I mean, Buckham Alemma will be on the side of the road just cursing all day long. But, <laughs> like, each, like I, I think it's funny when people are like, oh, it's unfair because they had a mechanical. You're like, then buy, then get some good stuff and, like, put it on your bike correctly. Part of bike racing is having the right equipment. And it's weird to well, me that on, on one side, we spend a lot of time in cycling, like, like spending, like, tons of money on aero gains like all the like vingard time trial talk uh-huh. there's been and like how like all these things to be more aero and stuff and then when somebody gets a flat at the wrong time you get people being like oh it's just you know it's not fair and you should be able to just like sit in the cars to get back it's like i mean you know part of not yeah, getting okay. flats is riding smart and part of it is like maybe you don't get to ride yeah. the lightest tires because you if you get a flat you lose time right so like yeah i don't know huh? like uh, I don't know. I, it, it's part of the things I don't care. Maybe it sounds like I'm making an impassioned speech for gravel racing or something. It's very, it is very impassioned. The spirit, Maybe. you know, I am hearing the spirit coming out quite <laughs> a bit the here. Spirit of gravel. She did, uh, you know, drop back for the wheel change. She could have probably taken a new bike instead and gotten not as dropped um maybe it wouldn't have been as big a deal to get back on the pack there's there's a lot of ifs ifs ands and buts about this um i i think they're just gonna have to pay closer attention and uh, know where those commissaires are and you know be on the other side of the team car when you're holding on to it you know what i mean like these are the tricks and you know tips and tricks of the trade that uh you know uh, i guess are gonna have to be learned the hard way or, you know, I guess you could also, the other option, the nuclear option is you could follow the rules. Um, yeah. You know, I feel like uh, I want to see more of these penalties coming down in the men's field, though, if you're going to start handing out DQs and penalties multiple times in a race. Yeah, I the, especially, yeah, especially in, in, in riders. Not that it doesn't matter to any rider, but yeah, giving Demi Ballerine it, it feels different than like, are they going to give Remco a 20-second penalty of the Volta for doing the similar thing? You know what I mean? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. So the other excitement at this race, which was full of excitement, um, is a train crossing uh, that uh, I am so sad that Tim's not here because it, I think it's his favorite thing in cycling is when there's a train crossing that affects the race, right? Like, he talks... Uh, he talks incessantly about it and it never happens. And then it happens and he's not here. Um, so it was interesting though, because you know, we've seen it at Perry Roubaix in the earlier mid two thousands, uh, kind of splitting the, the pack a little bit with those who went ahead, went through the train crossing and those who waited, da, 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 da. People got DQ'd for crossing. Yeah. Um, this one a little different nine riders off the back trying to make the time cut mm-hmm. got delayed by a train crossing and they missed the time cut, uh, because of it. Um, they were a one minute, 53 seconds behind the time cut. Brutal. What do you think they made? Of course the argument, Hey, that's like neutral time. That's that doesn't count. Totally. We were, we were, stuck that wasn't part of the race yeah what do you think the commissaires did and what do you think they should do like do you think that counts or do you, do you think race rubbin's racing like whatever happens out there on the road is 
You know, you should have brought the better equipment, not flatted, your whole impassioned thing, spirit of the uh-huh, thing, uh-huh, or uh-huh. or does the technicality matter? Like, hey, we can't control the train schedule. You guys, you know, get a pass. I think for the purposes of the time cut, you can't control. I mean, show a little pity on the back markers here. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. uh, like, would you, would you... You know, if like there had to be an ambulance on course or something, I don't feel like you DQ riders for missing so, the time cut because they stopped because there was an ambulance or something, or like a fire truck yeah. had to get through. So I feel like that. So that I, I want to reiterate: they were one minute fifty three seconds beyond the deadline. Yeah. They were stopped at the level crossing for two minutes and ten seconds. I was going to say, there's no way it was just a like, yeah, at least two three minutes for a train crossing just with it going yeah. down and after, yeah. Not fair. Not fair. Not, not fair. fair. You, you're voting not fair. They need to make it. I mean, I guess for the front of the race, maybe it's all rubbing his racing. It's all whatever. But at the back markers, they're just trying to get in <laughs> straight by. Like, uh-huh. I mean, kick, oh, kick, kicking someone when they're down, when they're just trying to make the time cut is what it feels like. You know what I mean? They're just yeah. trying to be in that top 50 riders so they can make it to the next stage or whatever the heck. Our, our thing is. I will say, little guy, uh, it, it should bring you great joy to know mm-hmm. that the commissaires did agree with you in this sense. Thank you. I said uh, human beings. it was not not their fault. Uh, they they were stopped for more time than they missed it by, so they're going to remove that time that they were stopped, and therefore they did make the time cut and were able to continue. So that was nine riders uh, that were able to continue on. That's nice. I like that. Yeah, it's a feel-good story. A real feel-good story there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good feel-good story. Ah, so that uh, that kind of wraps up uh, the, kind of the, the talking points I had for uh, for the femmes as far as the drama is concerned. Um, but, look, I, I do want to spring something on you before we head to the pre-lap. I, uh, I was hoping Tim would be here as well for this. Cause I do think it would be fun. And I know he, he loves to spring things on us, uh, without telling us okay. anything about it before it happens. And so I'm going to do the same thing to you. Okay. Taking a page out of his book. Damn. What I've done is I've looked up a bunch of cycling advertisements. Little guy from, from years gone by. And what I want to do is read some taglines to you, and I want to see if you can tell me what brand uh, these advertisements are for. Okay. What is is there? A, can you give me an era end uh, cap? Like, if I'm on Craigslist and I want to search for a van again, I'm going to write 81 to 91. What am I doing here? Well, your first mistake is you should be writing 85 to 91 because uh, yeah. nobody wants the air cooled ones. <laughs> well, maybe it's had an engine swap. Anyway, go. Uh, these kind of these kind of run the gamut. Maybe I can give you, you know, if you need a hint, I can okay. give you. I don't know how much Maybe. of it'll matter. It's it's majority '90s and early 2000s. Okay, but it could right. it could fall outside of this. It should okay. be in your wheelhouse, though. I feel I feel confident. I'm, uh, this sounds fun. I like this. All right, let's do it. Hit me, hit me. Okay. All right, all right, all right. So here's here's the first tagline: um, okay. Victory in the palm of your hand. Victory in the palm of your hand. Victory in the palm of your hand. It's like an Avocet uh, ad for like the, because they had those teeny little computers. <laughs> oh, not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. Is that your final answer? I'll say 3T. It's like handlebars or something. Oh, on the right track. Not correct, though. Incorrect. This was Grip Shift. Ooh. Grip nice. Shift. Grip Shift. Okay. Yes. I like that. So, uh, not many people will be familiar with that if you were, uh, uh, you know, one of some of our millennial and Gen Z, uh, listeners, uh, grip shift acquired by SRAM and then sent packing, uh, in the early 2000s, probably mid two thousand. maybe they're still available. Honestly, I, I don't know. Nobody get, uses it. I think you can still get grip shifts. I got to admit, a uh, friend of the show, Big Matt turned me on to grip Loves shift. Him. Loved him. Loves him. On his mountain bike, and I bought a mountain bike from him, and it has grip shift, and I do really like them. I thought, 
I thought I wouldn't like it. I do <laughs> really, really actually like them a lot. So. All right. This is a this is a shot across the bow, more of an 80s, early 90s ad. So I'm just going to give you this uh, out of the, to set your mind in the right place. Okay. But the tagline on this ad is, you don't need heavy metal to rock and roll. Um, what's the rock and roll? I guess it's like a Cannondale or something, some sort of aluminum bike. Wow, this is correct. This is a Cannondale. Oh, all right. This is a fat tube Cannondale, uh, fully rigid mountain bike. I think they're taking a shot, obviously, at the specialized hard rock. Yeah. Uh, with this uh tagline here, pretty good. This is from 1990. Oh, right. uh, cool. so it's got a Beautiful fade on this uh, on this advertisement here. I like that. That's All right, good. That's good tag. <laughs> it's pretty. I'm. I am. Honestly, I'm pretty impressed. I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> I mean, I got um, lucky on the brand. I could have been. This one. Uh, okay, let's let's. Say, this one's maybe a little more esoteric, but that should give you a clue. Maybe. Okay. It just says. It's got an ellipses, you know, three dots, dot, 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 emotions. And that's it. That's all that's on here. It's got to be campy. Emotions. It's got to be a campy ad. It sounds very Italian. I'll give you that. It does sound like an Italian brand. I don't know if I would go with campy if I was you. Chinelli? <laughs> you're, you're, I'll give you a half credit for the instinct. This is seedy. CD <laughs> shoes. Yes. I don't yes. know why the shoes bring you emotions, but well, very, else, you were your instinct, your Italian instinct was correct. Yeah, no, you're right. Very Italian. I mean, fa- CD famously had those ads with Basso and Peepo cooking their shoes. Oh yeah, cooking yeah, they did. It's like in the frying pan and tossing them in some olive oil. So, uh, do they always make sense? No, but uh, no, rarely. Actually, I like that. Uh, all right. I've got a couple more for you here. Uh, this one, I'm going to be shocked if you get this, but, uh, fit for fashion. Bellwether. Fit for fashion. Yeah. In the right, in the right ballpark. I mean, fashion's kind of a key. It is a clothing <laughs> brand. Do you want to lock in Bellwether or do you want to go a little more eighties and ridiculous? More, be- more eighties. Um, Oh, Avocet, then. Can I go Avocet? Yeah, it's not going to do it this time, little guy. I'm looking for Giordana. Ooh, Giordana. Right. That's a good one. That's a good solid 80s pull. Um, Giordana. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, this is going to be my uh, extra credit one here, little guy. Last one for you. Maybe not the last one. We'll see. Last one I've got ready. We'll see how well your knowledge is. This is a curveball. Driven by what's inside. Oh, God, what is that? No, it sounds like, familiar, doesn't it? Oh, it does. That's like, that's one I've seen. Driven, Driven by, what's by what's inside. It's going to drive you crazy, and you're going to be mad that you didn't uh, get this. Driven by what's inside. It's like, it's like it feels very Lance era, so I feel like I want to say it's like Shimano. Oh, Lance is in this advertisement. Lance is in this advertisement. <laughs> it's like a Bond Tracker ad or something? I don't know. It's outside of the box, little guy. Are you giving in? Oh, is this the Subaru? It's a Subaru ad. You've got it. The Subaru Outback LL Bean edition. Oh, LL Bean too. <laughs> Driven by what's inside Subaru. What's inside? Good job. Guy with one nut and a huge. <laughs> you uh, you did a little better than I was expecting. I gotta say. I gotta um, say I got lucky with the Cannondale. Yeah. And um. Yeah, I remember seeing those ads. That was like really 
scratch, had to scratch the brain to get that one. Up, <laughs> it, it was in there. It was totally in there. Uh, that's good. Well, like well that. done, little guy. Well Should done. That. I like that. That's fun. I, I've got so many more here uh, to have chosen from, but I didn't want to take up the whole show with it. Uh, <laughs> but congratulations. I think you did better than 50%, which is a passing grade. And with that, we should head to the Prem Lap and figure out who our European correspondent is for this week. Hi, this is Tom Bonin. I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, Spencer, we're in the Prem Lap with ads of today. Cycling content of now. Uh, Beautiful. Uh, In uh, 15 years, a better podcast than this will uh, recite uh, some of the copy we're going to recite right now, and they'll go, oh, I know what that is. Uh, That's that's definitely uh, the Hammerhead. Uh, That was definitely the Hammerhead ad from the Slow Ride podcast episode. Uh, I want to say somewhere in the mid to late 400s, probably right around there, because they were talking about how good the Karoot 2 was. Uh, how the software updates uh, regularly came out to keep you up to date, to keep your your data fresh, to keep the UI looking good, to keep the maps up to date. Um, they were talking about how the full color screen was so you know responsive and easy to to swipe on. Yeah. Uh, just had a really good feeling to it, and how the uh, GPS connects very nice and quickly. And they'd be right. They'd be right, um, because you know the Karutu is what we're going to talk about from Hammerhead uh, today. You can head over to Hammerhead.io to check out the Karutu cycling computer. It's what I've got on my bike. Uh, it's a joy to use, honestly. Like I've uh, I've used a, a fair few computers uh, in my day, and I do think it's the best one that I've used. I do think it's the easiest one that I've used. And that includes some of those weird old Avache little tiny boys uh, from back in the day that yeah. probably had a weird tagline on their advertisements. Um, yeah, most recently I moved away from the Big G uh, brand and uh, over to the Hammerhead, and I have not looked back. It's been a, a wonderful experience. Um, got it connected all to the the Zwift and the uh, the Strava and the Training Peaks and it uploads everything in one fell swoop and um, got different profiles set up. So when my bike's on the trainer, you know it, it grabs the power from that. When I'm not on the trainer, I use the different profile and then you know so I don't have a power meter on my regular bike. So super easy to just bounce between stuff and record data, uh, which is obviously the most important thing in cycling these days. More important than results, more important than uh, fashion, more important than everything is collecting that data and collecting good, clean data. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're not paying for that coaching for no reason. So get yourself a Karoo to uh, check it out, hammerhead.io. Use the code SLOWRIDE uh, when you're checking out. You should get a free uh, heart rate strap, uh, for your, uh, heart rate monitor, uh, to go along with that Karoo too. Um, wonderful strap as well. Super comfortable. Also use that and do highly recommend it. So once again, hammerhead.io, use the code slow ride, get yourself hooked up. The crew two is awesome. And, uh, that's all I've got to say about that for right now. Little guy. Do people want to learn about more shows and where they can help support these shows? Yeah. They got to go over to the Wide Angle Podium. Uh, everyone else is doing real work at the Wide Angle Podium. Uh, we're doing this. But, you know, you want to learn about Criterion Racing in the U.S. and go check out Criterion Nation. You know, little guy, I'm going to take umbrage with that statement. I think we're doing real work over here. I will you say were doing work. You set up that game. That was real work. That was a little bit. That was a little bit, but uh not I mean, so the support we get uh from Wide Angle Podium directly uh keeps all of the shows on the air. A little portion of your donation goes to the network as a whole and the rest of it goes to exactly what shows you specify uh when you donate. And 
the donation money that we have coming in to this show from our wonderful listeners, uh, and I do want to say a big thank you to anyone that does donate or has in the past, um, you know, we really appreciate it. They're the ones sending uh, you right across the pond to Worlds next week, little guy. Uh, we true. were able to cover that ticket for you no, off true. of donations. And it's it's incredible. It's an incredible thing. Uh, it really does help the show. It makes us... Uh, it, it helps allow us to create some of the content that we got going on. So just a huge amount of appreciation to everyone that does donate. And if you want to learn more about donating or, or supporting in any way, uh, head over to wideanglepodium.com, uh, to find out more. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, thanks to everybody. I appreciate <laughs> it. Asan, I will try to, uh, uh, be brave enough to actually try to interview somebody or do something good with content. <laughs> that's that's all right. Get some uh, get some uh, boots on the ground knowledge out to you. Um, but yeah, go check out other shows. A new Grodio just dropped yesterday, day before, with uh, some Peter guy who used to be in the World Tour. So huh. uh, uh, you know, there's lots of good stuff on the Wide Angle Podium. Uh, lots of quality stuff. It's true. Um, so yeah, if you haven't checked out any of those shows, uh, hurry up and do so. You're missing out. Um, lots of backlog for you to get caught up on. Anyway, with that little guy, all of our, uh, taglines have been pitched. So the future generations of podcasts, uh, can use them in their own games going forward. And with that, let's get back to the show. Slow Ride Podcast. All right, Spencer. Uh, we got a lot of emails this week. Um, oh, also got a good. ton of. We got four <laughs> I'm, or five emails. I'm, I'm very glad to hear that because we have a lot of uh, dead air that would be filled with Tim that we have to fill up with something. So I'm glad we've oh, got good. some extra emails to go it through. Helps. Um, before I read emails, thanks to everyone who sent us. Uh, we definitely get four to ten Instagram uh, messages a week with rail bike videos. And, uh, <laughs> sorry, I can't remember yeah. everybody offhand, and I don't have Instagram open. But I appreciate all of them. We got one today, and I'm sorry, I forget who sent it offhand. Um, <laughs> nice looking rail bike ride in Maryland. Um, I just uh. Uh, it warms my heart how much how how almost on any given day we get a video of a rail bike <laughs> a rail bike company like ride somewhere sent over to us and that uh that all of you folks uh are, are that is uh, that is great content and that uh i wish i had some uh financial skin in the game or something on the advertising front with this rail bike thing because uh <laughs> yeah I, I, maybe we got to talk to some of them see uh, see what they've uh but uh, we got some good emails here. Uh, I, I think if on. you become a brand ambassador for anything, it should be a, a real bike company, little guy. I haven't even been on one yet, but I, I love that <laughs> I'm a brand ambassador. I got a shirt. Yeah. Perfect. Um, Julian Allen sends us an uh, email. Uh, just the title of the email is Invoice. Now, okay. before I read this email, I want to huh. let people know, the Slow Ride Podcast uh, at gmail.com. Send us your emails. We also get a lot of spam. Like, we get a ton of, like, phishing spam at this email address. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, every, if we get 30 emails a week, 20 of them are like, hey, here's your receipt for your Best Buy ad. Just click on this thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah. So when we got this email from Julian, it just says invoice. And I was, uh -huh. I Julian, you're lucky. I almost just went <laughs> just straight over it. and deleted this thing. And I think uh -huh. I accidentally opened it before I deleted it. Uh -huh. um, and so it's a real email, though. So thankfully. Okay. All right. So he says, you guys owe me for a laptop. I spat my morning coffee out over my laptop as Spencer, in response to Tim's self-delusional rant about staying in the Tour de France Peloton, <laughs> told him he could throw the ball over that mountain. <laughs> you should start another pod dealing with non-cycling issues like Vanigans, the sleeveless jerseys and recumbents. Unless Tim can pronounce those words. Keep the hilarity and wave to other riders you see on the road. Thanks, oh Julian. no. Uh, I, I don't see how uh I don't 
don't see how non recumbents are non cycling. You're not going to ride your recumbent. It's just going against the wall. There's an argument to be made there, little guy. There's an argument to be made. I do apologize. I am glad that you picked up on that, though. I thought it might have got lost in the shuffle of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of pushback on Tim's uh, Tim's talking uh, there. I I think that's something we need to revisit. But probably when he's on the show, there's absolutely no way that he can hang a lap with this. Not not even not even. In a realm of possibility. Like, I don't think he could last for more than 30 seconds, let alone a lap. I mean... Anyway. As as I recall my last time in a crit peloton, thinking the form wasn't that bad and I got spat out so fast. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Julian, I hope the uh, laptop recovered, put in some rice. It sounds like maybe you were at work. I think, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, hopefully work can just uh, cover you with a new one. And actually, we've done you a favor here <laughs> by ruining the old one that was, you know, a little dated. They weren't trying to update it for you. And now you have a great excuse to be like, oh, well, somebody spilled water or coffee all over it. Uh, so it doesn't work anymore. Going to have to get me that uh, that new MacBook Pro for work that I need so badly. Let's Let's hope. So hope it was that scenario. Yeah, that's how I'm going to choose yeah. <laughs> to think it. Uh, yeah, as always, send your bills to the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, little guy uh, won't delete them. I'll try to not delete them. Uh, Mark uh, Heed writes, uh, PDM Van Dog, the three directors artistic must now assist in naming Jeff's golden retriever, given the team... Uh. The team's members, results, and history, the opportunities to shape the pup's future must be tackled. I want to see matching canine kit, leash, bowl, bandana, etc. Your friend Mark in Oh, wow. Uh, that is a good idea. Uh, yeah, the, the, the definitely need a little uh, PDM van, bandana for the dog. Um, and a the, I mean, the dog coat. is getting purchased. We, we, I think we went over this pretty well last week. He, he's... He's going to have to get uh, uh, get it on, since the atricious fan is going to be in the driveway. The midlife crisis van. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. You definitely got to get the golden retriever. Good opportunities to get an old PDM jersey and get that mm-hmm. customed up for the dog. So on cold oh, yeah. days, um, I would assume you could get some cycling gloves and have them modified by somebody locally <laughs> to make little puppy. Uh, puppy mitts for on those extra cold days. I don't know if they get sure. quite that cold in New Zealand, but at least here in Minnesota, uh, everyone's got little uh, puppy gloves for when you take your dog out in the negative temps. Yeah, um, would be adorable. Super. Adorable. I think if 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 it hasn't already happened, um, Jeff, you know, he's gonna have to get the dog to appease the wife. And also get the shop dog out of the deal, but maybe he can he maybe he can angle it like, oh, if I get you this dog, we gotta name it something weird to do with cycling, and then we can, you know, if that comes to case, hey, reach out. We can we can help uh shape this dog's future. This is a great a great idea. Um and I think uh, you know, everybody should be on board um so that uh, you know, the the dog purchase actually happens. Um but we can get a confirmation of that, I'm sure, in a week or two. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I'm scanning, uh, scanning some of the PDM tour or not tour, but just uh, team lineups. Obviously, there's some huge riders: Sean Kelly, uh, yeah, Stephen Rooks, uh, Jan Thunsen, or whatever Gert, uh, and Rooks both way ahead on the EPO curve. I mean, those guys are... Oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those guys are founding members of the EPO Makes You Fast Club there in the late 80s. Uh, special time to be in the Pro Peloton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. All their results are extremely tainted. But um, they they looked good on a bike. They looked good in that PDM kit. So. Oh, yeah. I don't know. But I, I haven't seen anybody yet who I can... Uh, get a good well, dog, well, a dog we'll have to ruminate we'll have to ruminate it doesn't yeah. have to be a pdm rider it's just you know anything to sort of cycling related we'll we'll mull it over and we'll come back when tim's on as well uh i mean this is all assuming the dog you know becomes a van dog 
and there is a Van Dog to, to name and everything. So that's true. That's true. All right. Well, we'll we'll work on a name. We'll we'll put it in the in in the uh, internal Slack, and we'll get we'll get work. I mean, if if Tim was here, he would. I think suggest Eddie just straight off the gate um, from his love of the character, the best known character from the film American Flyers starring Kevin Costner at uh, all, including the world's greatest rule change. If you need to know more about that movie, however, um, just scroll back in your podcast feed to around uh, uh, July 4th every year, mostly of this podcast's existence. We have done a Sunday stroll episode uh, covering American Flyers and Eddie the Dog. Indeed. It's there. Check them out. Um, Greg writes, help bring a Klein back to life. Oh, I like it. Dr. Spencer is on the job. Nurse Matt is here as well. We're here uh, to bring this Klein back to life. Uh, Same same as the real bike. I love it. I love we get so many clients. Uh, uh, we do. It's fantastic. Thank you. Um, gentlemen, my elderly neighbor was looking to sell her old mountain bike and asked if I could help. Much to my surprise, it was a Klein Attitude comp in Jamaican gold. Uh, As a slow ride listener, I felt plenty qualified to make an assessment. Yes. The bike has been gifted to her by a friend who used to be an avid racer, and she'd use it as a bike path cruiser. Years of use and abuse left the bike with a few dents, lots of scratches, a blown-out fork, and a trash drivetrain. I obviously yeah. decided I needed to buy it, but I'm now yes. in the yes. possession of defining the market value for a trashed Klein. Do I scam a nice old lady and give her 50 bucks for an old bike? Of course not. I ended up giving her 300 for an unrideable piece of nostalgia. Two questions for you. One, uh-huh. who made out better, her or me? And uh, how should I uh, resurrect this baby? Single-speed cruiser, period-correct restoration. Uh, what new life should this bike take? Uh, okay. Thanks, Greg. The, uh, this is a... a picture. Uh, it's a it's a client attitude. It's This is like right around Trek, Trek time, like when Trek took them bottom okay. up. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got a bomber fork, which, as noted... Uh, is, looks pretty blown out. Has yeah. been blown out and bombed. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, the saddle's pretty beat. Yeah, it's beat. It's definitely beat. Um, it's well loved, little guy. It's Come well on. Loved your yeah. The uh, amount of rub on that crank set, like foot rub that's occurred on that crank set, is astounding. Yeah, well, somebody's got knee problems these days. Uh, but um, so there's a, there's a few things here. Well, let's unpack first. Who got scammed? Who got the better deal? You so know, this lady got the, she, she got yeah. the bike for free. Yeah. So she's coming out ahead 300 bucks. I mean, she rode it for a while too. So really not bad. Not bad. I don't think you need to feel guilty necessarily. No, I think, I think, I think three's, three's a nice price, especially because a, maybe she doesn't ask you. She does just throw it up for 50 bucks. Cause she's like, man, this is a bike I got for free and I beat it and it right. doesn't work very well right now. Right. And uh and yeah, and uh you know, so maybe she ends up just with 50 bucks. Unlikely, I feel like if you don't know anything about bikes and you have an old 20 to 30 year old bike that you're going to think it's worth hundreds of dollars. I think people fall into two camps. They think that Schwinn they have from 1994 <laughs> yeah. is worth $9,000 cuz they yep. remember Schwinn's being good or they're like Oh, this this Klein I have, I don't know. It's old. It's probably not worth anything. And you're like, no, it's actually worth a lot of money. So yeah, yeah. I think decent price, decent price for her. I th- I, I think he thread the needle pretty well. It, it was a uh, it was a little touch and go. You could I, I understand the dilemma, but I think you actually did a pretty good job threading the needle there. Uh, with a it sounds like a fair price for the condition and all that. Uh, I think. She's probably happy with getting it out of her garage more than anything. A couple hundred bucks in the pocket is, you know, uh, a bonus. Um, you probably could have even gone a little less and been okay, but I don't think you. I don't think you lost uh, too much on this deal. Where you're going to lose on this deal is if you try to build it up as a period correct uh, restoration kind of piece. You 
might as well take out a second mortgage on the house. If that is your angle, I would suggest maybe just, you know, uh, yeah, putting, putting parts that work on there. Don't worry about if they're era, uh, specific or correct. Exactly. Um, you know, they don't have to be, the drivetrain doesn't need to match all that. You could probably find some grip ships on there, uh, uh, for it. They, they had a good advertising tagline back in the day. I, I hear. <laughs> yeah. And Hey, they're good. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, don't, don't fret it as much as a full period. Correct. Restoration, blah, blah, blah. It's fun. It's, it's, it's fun. If you really feel like nerding out on that and you want to go down that rabbit hole, but I think, at least for me, if a bike is too nice, I'm afraid yeah. to ride it. Yeah. My Klein currently is not very period correct. You know, it's from the early, uh, it's from like, I forget, mine's like a 94 or something. But, you know, I've got like friction thummies on it and I've got swept back bars and this kind of riser stem. And it's so much fun right now to ride that bike. Yeah. Um, but it's in no way, uh, it's no way like what it yeah. came with. I got cerium wheels on it. It doesn't make any sense as a bike, but do I totally enjoy <laughs> riding it? Yes. 26 like... inch cerium rim brake mountain bike wheels? Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah, they're, goodness. They're light. This... They're fun. <laughs> that's incredible. That's an incredible thing. And I think that's kind of the direction that this bike needs to go in. It is not going to be a race bike. It's not going to be a perfect rest. It's already beat up. Like it's not going to be a perfect restoration project. Although just, it's maybe your, I assume your first climb, just dip the toe, dip the toe, make a fun, make the funnest around town bike that you can make. Like yeah. oh, I'm running down to return the VHS to the VHS store, whatever people do for errands these days. Um, real, real normal. <laughs> just a real, yeah, just, you know, Whatever yeah. regular people do, you know, if you're if you're cruising around town trying to find all the new Pokemon Go gyms uh, on the Pokemon Go app and battling, uh, you know, all over town, you need a comfortable ride to get to just cruise around lazily uh, on the weekend. And I think, yeah, a little bit of riser stem, a little bit swept back bars. Um, that sounds like a pretty good recipe there. And then you can have fun, like getting a get a nice saddle, but don't get a crazy saddle. Don't get a brand new NOS, you know, Pantani pirate saddle for $600 or whatever. Like yes. just get something cool that you didn't have, you know, whenever back in the day or, and you know, good luck finding a fork that'll fit. I'm sure you can find one. It's probably be half blown out instead of fully blown out. And that's okay. Um, maybe go rigid. I don't know. That's probably what I would do. Um, uh, that's what I've done on, on mine. I I highly recommend uh, a little a little sweep back on those bars. If, yeah. Especially it's a vintage mountain bike. The bars are going to be too narrow. <laughs> they uh, are. They are definitely. You're yeah. You're going to want wider bars, but yeah, if it's not a bike, you're going to race or like go crazy on the trails, which it's probably not because it's an old twenty sixer and it's not really up to what modern bikes can do. Um, yeah, make it uh, make it kind of upright and fun and. You'd be surprised how much fun it is to ride uh, trails on a bike that doesn't really <laughs> quite handle it, but you're kind of like uh, it's a, it's a relaxing. Yeah, if you can find the the nice walking trails in the area and stuff like yeah. that, you'll you'll you have a great time ripping crazy around. Crazy on those walking trails, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that yeah. that sounds like an awesome uh, bike. I am excited for you definitely keep us up to date on on the decisions you do make with it and hopefully you don't have to mortgage the house um but if you do i definitely want to see how it goes so our next email is from uh steve b in ashburnham ashburnham massachusetts spencer is that correct ashburnham i have no idea there's so many That's small towns like. out here. I have no idea. Well, it looks Ashburnham, but I'm sure it's pronounced in some like. I, it's guaranteed to be pronounced somehow different. Yeah. 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 So his email is titled, Are the Pedals Included? And he has what I'm assuming is a link to a bike that's for sale because it's a Facebook market base. Okay. But the yeah. link to me doesn't go anywhere right now. It just kind okay. of goes to the marketplace, but I can't see anything. So I don't know what kind of bike you're showing us. I'm going to assume it's a Klein tandem. And okay. Okay. And Perfect. Soft, Beautiful. It's got a yeah. soft ride. 
Yeah, we're gonna buy it. Um, yes. Okay. We will just send the money. Sure. Sold. Uh, Done. Hit us with the price. I don't actually know what it is, but the second part of his email is super important. Okay. It says, "I remember not that long ago, maybe episode four fifty-five, which we're on four forty-seven. You're thinking three fifty-five, but whatever. We actually forget all the time what episode we're on ourselves. We have to double check before every show. Yeah." Uh, maybe on episode uh, 455 or around there, Spencer's saying he wished there were more hill climbs. If you Venmo me, Venmo me the money, I'll uh, uh, pick it up for you, is what he said, uh, which we'll okay. do. But he says, then I'll uh, meet Spencer at the next hill climb. There's even a tandem category. And he's got a link here, Spencer, to the NoHo Bike Club, uh-huh. to the Greylock Hill Climb Time Trial. Oh, September 9th. Oh, that's right around the corner. <laughs> North, it's in North Adams. Uh huh. One eighteen State Street in North Adams. If this is are they climbing up to this? There's like it's the tallest peak in Massachusetts. Uh, oh, good. It's amazing. Uh, oh, good. So you're you're. Uh, I'm assuming you're super excited. And this sounds great. This looks super I mean, fun. I do want I do want there to be more uh, hill climbs. I think I was talking about doing a weird charity one as well at some point. Um, I I think there might be some confusion. I don't know if I want to do hill climbs, but I think there should be more of them. You maybe the, maybe the wires got crossed somewhere somewhere. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I get this one back. <laughs> You, well, if if you got a chance, you should check this out. It looks cool. I don't know okay. anything about this um, Mount Greylock, but there's some sort of tower at the top. Oh, there's always yeah, there's always a tower at the top. It looks amazing, just alone to go see that. Um, but it's three thousand three thousand four hundred ninety one feet is the is the summit elevation. So uh, it looks fun. Yeah, I wish legit. I could do that. So cool. Spencer's going to be there. Um, yeah, Steve, just uh, yeah, get back in touch. And uh, whatever that bike was, we'll definitely send the money over. And uh, yeah, you and Spencer can go do it on that soft ride Klein tandem. <laughs> Perfect. Checks in the mail. Uh, one more email we got tonight uh, from Graham Partain, a longtime writer. Uh-huh. Here, he Pro- writes, probably there's a good chance he was our first emailer it's true he, I, I have no idea but there's a good chance one of the old the, the old school here it says my apologies i was wrong uh not huh. sure what happened the, that day but that was a, clearly an email that should have stayed in the draft folder remember he, he said he was not gonna wave at recumbents right yeah yeah and i don't know what happened but um I, I tried to avoid the master's grumpery stereotype, but here I am, 50-plus and yelling at people to get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> you'll be happy to know I am freely waving at all recumbents. I treat them like they uh, they are all little guy. I feel a new freedom not trying to judge who's wave-worthy. And I, it's great. Um, that's that's what it's question. all about. It's beautiful. Question. Visors, good or bad? I bought into Big Gravel and got an Endura Gravel helmet. And I know visors are not new, but I'm wearing this thing everywhere. And can I show up to road rides with this thing? Does it have to stay in the woods? Brand. This is a good uh, question. It is a, a good question. Time, as a roadie, you'd get a helmet, that visor, you'd, you'd pop that visor off right away. You'd yeah, toss it aside. Uh, for the, for those maybe uninitiated to the, to the early 2000s, every helmet used to come with a visor. Because yeah. it was either a mountain bike helmet or a road helmet, depending on if you left the visor on there or yeah, not. Sure. And so you'd open your, you know, your your bell packaging for your new bell helmet, and you just, you know, if you were a road rider, you just pop the the visor off and throw it away, like you didn't need that, and you're good to go. Um, now, of course, there are very integrated mountain-specific helmets with like built-in visors and all this, and very road helmets don't come with visor anymore at all. Era. It's a different era, but it's a, a classic problem. Um, so if you find yourself with a helmet, with a visor, can you show up on a road ride? 
obviously the answer is, yeah, of course you can. You can do whatever you want, but will you be judged for it? That's a little more of a sticky situation. Probably, because everyone's wearing aerial helmets if they're super serious on the road. I always thought, at least back in the day, when we were racing more, it was weird that everybody would take the visors off and throw them. Because then people would stick cycling caps under their helmets for like half the season here in Minnesota because it was because you need a visor. Yeah, the sun's in your eyes. The sun's in your eyes. And so, if only there was a solution. If only only there was some sort of integrated system that oh no uh, would work. Um, But but it was very roady because it was like oh previously we wore cycling caps. Yeah, you just wear it under the thing. So even though it's a hot day, you're wearing a hat on your head as opposed to letting the air flow into your. Those huge vents on those helmets, yeah. Helmet that you needed to have so your head stayed cool. Yep. yep. So what I'm saying is, uh, roadies make no sense, and usually (sighs) mountain bikers are the more sensible in terms of. um, That's a really sometimes embarrassing looking decisions like baggies. I think they're kind of silly looking, but are do they make sense? Yes, they do. That's that's a a ride in the woods. Yes, they are. That's an astute observation, little guy. That roadies that mountain bikers make sense and their roadies just sort of do whatever um there's just a lot of tradition in in, in road racing that like it, it, we're just always at like there, there's half the things that don't make any sense because we're just like modifying yeah. tradition down whereas so much right. mountain bike stuff is just like we had to come up with a solution for this last year yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. No, mountain bike, I think I feel like mountain bike uh, aesthetic is very practicality driven in general. Um, you know, the 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 new fad, I guess, in, in like casual mountain biking and stuff and just like cruising around on your local trails is the uh uh the kind of fanny pack uh oh, yeah. situation, you know, where you're like Oh, we used to ride with camelbacks and stuff all our crap in there. And like, that sucks. Like makes your back all hot and stuff. And nobody wants to wear a backpack and I'm not going to stuff all this stuff in a saddlebag. Cause then I can't use my dropper and things like that. So what's the solution? I would just get a really big fanny pack and put everything in there. And it's awesome. And like, it is a little weird to wrap your head around as like, as a, as a, as a, I don't ride mountain bike that often. So I'm not like, I see that and I'm like, oh, you nerds. But then I think about it and I'm like, man, that's a good solution to that problem. But like, you could never show up to a road ride with the, with the hip pack on and like no, your snacks in there. But yet you could show up, you know, with a, with a handlebar bag and a, a frame bag and people be like, oh, cool. Are you crushing some gravel this weekend? I don't get it. I don't get it. No. You're like, no, I'm just into impracticality and taking away all the arrow gains that my $5,000 gravel frame got me. Mm-hmm. Strap bags all over it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. It's, it's true. Uh, There's nothing that makes sense about road, road stuff. No. So but. I'm going to say they'll probably uh, raise an eyebrow behind your back, maybe. Some people... I don't think most would, honestly, these days. I think a couple might, but we don't care about them. Um, Most people probably wouldn't think too much one way about it or the other. As long as you hold the wheel and uh, you don't, you know, leave the gaps and you pull through smoothly, nobody on the road ride is going to worry too much about it once the ride's moving. So, visor on, my friend. Visor on. I mean, I... I, there's a visor for the helmet I currently have somewhere. I should probably track it down because uh, sun's in your eyes, right? Yeah. Well, when I ride to work in the morning, I have to ride east, and there's a few times when I forget a hat because it's warm out. And I'm like, I don't need a hat. And uh-huh. I, I get out and I get a couple blocks away and I turn to the east and I'm like, oh, I have to have a hat in the morning. You know, you I know, can't see where I'm going. There are sunglasses, little guy. Yeah, but I wear I wear glasses. You know, so, to see, and I don't have prescription sunglasses. I know that's, you you've that's you've had, you've had glasses forever. I was just gonna say, I'm relatively new to the glasses game. Uh, just mm. getting on the train this year, I did oh, get well. some prescription sunglasses, little guy. They're 
incredible. It's an incredible thing. I can see clearly and my eyes are shaded. Uh, you That's might want to consider it. I, yeah, maybe, you know, and I have, this is like slightly off cycling topic, but I have, I have prescription like safety glasses for okay. work. Sure. So, so they're, you know, they're just glasses, but they've got like for safety things. So yeah. Um, so those aren't quite the same, but I do got to say, uh, as a long time, one glass pair of glasses owner is kind of always living in fear. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that. Um, I, I don't know why for so long I was always just a person with one gla- pair of glasses and then, yeah, you, you mess them up and then at, at best you're wearing them around with tape on them for a week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, ha- yeah, having two pairs of glasses as a glass, because like worst case scenario now, you just are a cool guy wearing sunglasses inside. Yeah, maybe maybe your next pair can be those cool transition kind of lenses that uh, turn into sunglasses outside. You're at the age where I think it's fine. Uh, nobody's going to think you're, well, they are, but nobody's going to, well, they are, but yeah, they're going to allow it to happen, I guess is what I'm saying. They're going to be like, eh, it's fine. Maybe the purple tint, uh, it'd be really good. I think it would fit your aesthetic. I'm gonna let you um, decide if that's a compliment or an insult. It's a little of both. I think at school pickup, when I'm usually the only only one of two to three max parents ever on the bike, yeah, uh, with with the transition lenses, I think that would elevate my game. I would definitely <laughs> be nice when people would ask me why I got them, and I would just say Tyler Ferrar and just walk away. Tyler Ferrar, yeah, Tyler Ferrar. Uh, that's, that's, well, yeah, it's gotta be one of the greatest cycling ads is him putting those things on and biking out of the garage on the flat bar Cannondale. It does. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Video that was good. But, uh, little guy like a 2015 last lap all in faded to fail effort from Tyler Ferrar at the Richmond world championships. We have come to the end of our road here this episode on the Slow Ride Podcast. It's not going to make it any further. We've we've tried our best, and uh, the Peloton's bearing down on us. So I, uh, I want to remind everybody, uh, oh, well, first I should say thanks for all the emails at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. And if you do want to email us your thoughts or invoices uh, to the Slow Ride Podcast, you can do so at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on all the social medias um, that that exist. Yes. As far as I know, we're not on TikTok, I don't think. Um, no, we're but, the one with the dumb name, too. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, but at the Slow Ride Pod on all of those. So choose your favorites. Um, and... Yeah, um, I guess uh, Tim's not here to do his bit about how amazing Orlando is and how he's there and it's hot and steamy or raining or, or something, Disney. And that leads into your bit. No. Well, I'm mad <laughs> in Minneapolis. <laughs> That's, That's it. it. And this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists they see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, 
It's almost as if the solid world has melted away, and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation. Criterium Nation. 